You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey everyone, this week we're giving away a one-year subscription to pushlink.com, P-U-S-H-L-Y-N-K. It's valued at about 600 bucks. Pushlink allows you to send push notifications to your subscribers on almost any platform. The fact is push notifications get about 10 times the response rate when compared to traditional email. For a chance to win, subscribe to the podcast, then take a quick snapshot or picture showing you're subscribed and text it to 716-218-8981 or you can email it to growthexperts at yahoo.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining me. And again, we have yet another amazing guest. Today, we have a gentleman by the name of Sam Richter. And Sam is an award-winning speaker, a best-selling author, and is considered one of the world's top experts and authority on sales intelligence and online reputation management. He's been named one of the top 25 most influential sales leaders and has trained leading organizations and entertained tens of thousands of people around the world. Sam's proven techniques for leveraging online information to grow sales has directly resulted in millions of dollars in new business for his clients. He's been featured in thousands of publications and media around the world. He's also the CEO of SBR No More and the author of Take the Cold Out of Cold Calling. So welcome to the show, Sam. Hey, thanks so much, Dennis. It's really great to uh, be with you and great to reconnect after all these years. Absolutely. We were chatting before I hit record and, you know, Sam and I met, geez, it might've been eight or 10 years ago now when he traveled to Buffalo from Minneapolis, like the two snow capitals of the world and, uh, and came and did a speaking event with a friend of mine, Stan Weiner at a Vistage event that I was, I used to be a part of Vistage for, for many years. And so he came and spoke and, you know, and I've never forgotten the things that he shared and it's played a big, big part of kind of how my marketing and sales and the things that I've done and have evolved over years. And we're going to dive into some things really centered around sales intelligence because it's played a big role for me and Sam's the the expert there. So, but before we do that, do me a favor, Sam, uh, you sure. know, catch up really quick and tell us a little bit more about what you're doing over there these days at uh, SBR Worldwide. Yeah, well, I speak all over the world on sales intelligence. And, and as we'll talk about, that's how to find information on others and, and really use it to identify new opportunities, build relationships, provide more value, or said another way, how to ethically spy on people and use what you find in an ethical manner. That's obviously uh, then then translated to, you know, as I've given that so many times, people will come up to me and say, okay, that that's really cool. And you scared the heck out of me. What do I do when people spy on me? And so I've got a whole program on that. And then over the last year, year or two, that's really led to another program. People have come up and said, okay, that's really cool but what are the bad guys doing to spy on me? So I talk about what individuals are putting out there about themselves that make them exceptionally vulnerable to not only cyber thieves, but regular thieves as well. So those are the three presentations that I give. And um, I've created a number of technologies to implement that because there's just certain things that, that don't exist. And when I find that in the market, I create my own technologies to help facilitate making it easier to implement sales intelligence. And then I also have an online university 
because, uh, you know, oftentimes I, I'm asked to speak for 45 minutes or 90 minutes and probably got six hours worth of stuff. And uh, as I like to say, I oftentimes feel bad leaving a place because even though I might get a standing ovation, I always feel bad because I know the stuff that I didn't get to share. So a uh, crazy world, uh, just like you, Dennis, just hands in lots of things on a number of boards and, and uh, just having a great time and reconnecting with folks like you. It's just a love and life, really. Perfect. Well, listen, thank you for that. And and I'm sure we'll be talking now that we've reconnected. You know, there's some things that we can talk about down the road, particularly as it goes to some of the technology that you're developing and going to be releasing. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the episode. But you were the first guy to ever really bring the term sales intelligence to my, you know, to me. And, you know, even <laughs> though those two words aren't usually in the same sentence, right? And there's almost sure. like an oxymoron, right? Can you take a minute and share for my audience your definition of sales intelligence? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty simple. It's basically using the data that's available to you to ensure that when you're talking with a prospect, that you're saying things that are relevant to what they care about. So it's all about building relationships in the sense of, you know, there, especially with online e-commerce today, as a buyer, there are so many places I can go to buy something. Why should I buy it from you, Dennis? And the, the reality is all the, the stuff that, for example, you teach on LinkedIn, LinkedIn marketing, social marketing, regular marketing, all of the things that people do related to marketing, their PR strategy, great LinkedIn profiles, building a solid engagement via social media, that's all well and good. And you, you are one that has actually sold and generated millions of dollars through that. But if you think about even yourself, Dennis, they didn't the act of posting content on LinkedIn didn't cause the sale. What that caused is you to be in the maybe pile. And what's the maybe pile? You're one of, let's say, three that that buyer might be looking at. Now, especially in a more complex product, business-to-business type product, if you're in the maybe pile, how does someone base their decision? It's all based on that salesperson being relevant to what the buyer wants. Because once you're in the maybe pile, the buyer pretty much thinks that all three of you in that maybe pile sell the same stuff at approximately the same price. Who are they going to do business with? They do people business with people who they trust, who they like. And I'm a big believer that the way to get people to like you or trust you is to be relevant. Find out what they care about, what's going on in their world, their world, both professionally and possibly even personally, that might impact why they buy. And then use that information in a genuine, authentic, and in a moral way to connect with somebody really build that connection, show that you care, and show that you can help them achieve their goals a little bit profitably, a little bit more efficiently than they might be able to do on their own. And it really, when we think of the data, it's the data that's out there that all of us have access to. A lot of stuff that I teach, social, you know, how do you mine social media, the invisible web, and also uh, Google, of course. And and more and more, as uh, artificial intelligence and big data mining is coming out there, it's even mining your own internal data and then layering that with other data that's out there. So again, you can really personalize, customize that message down to the individual level. Yeah, perfect. And, you know, when I started sales and probably when you started sales back in the, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, you know, the internet was really not around it. And so there really wasn't that data point, right? What are you going to mm-hmm. do? Go to the library? You're going to pull up an encyclopedia? You're going to read a magazine? Sure. To a certain extent you had it, but it was really hard to access. So the internet has really opened that up and you really opened up my eyes to some of the tools and strategies. I mean, guys, I'm telling you, 
you know, when you, when you realize some of the, some of the things that is available online to gather, not only on yourself, but on your target market and the prospects that you're trying to get, it would literally blow you away. So, I mean, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, Sam's going to share a little bit of that with us today, but first let's talk a little bit about your business. What we do, what we like to do here is not only talk about the things you teach and the strategies that you, that you share with your, with your clients and what's working for them, but the things that are working for you. So you have a business, you've been an entrepreneur for many, many years. And throughout the time of that business, you know, your how you acquire customers is probably varied and changed from time to time. And so can you tell me now, what's the number one strategy, how you get clients? And I'm assuming they're consulting clients predominantly, because that's probably a lot of what you do. Is that correct? Well, not so much consulting, uh, much more a keynote speaking and, and, uh, and I suppose workshops or company training. But you, you can think of it as consulting in, in the sense of it's really a business to business calling on a specific decision maker who, who I've identified as might have a need. Okay, great. So let's talk about that. So if it's even if it's the, the, the keynote speaking and, the, sure. and that type of stuff, how do you go out and get those clients now? How do you fill your funnel? How do you go about that in that type of business? Well, you know, one of the things that, that I like to um, talk about when it comes to sales intelligence is really the, the essence of my first book is this whole concept of warm calling. And what I mean by that, everyone knows what cold calling is, is just calling somebody and you know, picking up the phone book and smiling and dialing. Warm calling is really understanding what's going on in the other person's world and uh, identifying, again, what their needs might be. So for me, the number one way to market, well, the number one way to market is to actually have somebody who has attended my presentation. And there are some sales intelligence techniques that I use to get people to actually attend. But more often than not, it's, you know, I do an association program in, let's say, the robotics industry, and then all these robotics companies will either call me or I will call them. And the number one thing I do is to do a little bit of homework. It doesn't have to be a lot. But before that call, I make sure I know a, a little bit about the company, what they sell. I try to find out who they've had in the past as a speaker, where my message might align with that other speaker or presenter they've had in the past. I try to find out if they have any new, if it's a company, any new acquisitions, any new partnerships, any new hires, any reason, any change that's going on in their world where my message might be relevant. Because this is, again, same thing, Dennis, we talked about earlier. I know if they're looking to hire a speaker, I'm not the only one they're looking at. They're probably looking at three or four. I know all of them are going to do an awesome job. So how do I differentiate myself? And I really like to differentiate myself to make sure that I talk about when when I come in, I'm not just going to give the same presentation. It's going to be a presentation that's highly custom to their needs. And I uh, represent that, if you will, by in my sales call, I talk about, hey, here's what's going on in your world. By having information, I'm able to ask much better questions and then again, differentiate myself from my competition, who I know is going to do a great job on the stage. I just have to show why they should choose me. Right. So the the two strategies that you mentioned there, one is speaking in front of large groups or associations Mm -hmm. and then attracting people to you using that leverage and that positioning to do that. And the second one is what you call warm calling, right? Which is you gathering sales intelligence, creating some relevance, and then doing an actual reach out to the decision makers or influencers, introducing yourself, but introducing yourself in a way that differentiates you from the typical salesperson who's out there just smiling and dialing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and actually those also intersect. Uh, so one of the, one of the strategies I use, and it really would work for, for any person in a sales territory. So let's say I'm going to be speaking in Buffalo, New York in a month. What I'll do is I'll uh, use one of the tools I've developed, but you can use LinkedIn, you can use anything. And I can go in and I can find, well, who might be a meeting planner 
or a vice president of sales or a CEO in Buffalo that's going through a change, going through something. Maybe they hold conferences, whatever the reason is, some reason why that person might want to hear me. And then I'll reach out. I'll connect via LinkedIn, actually. I'll connect and I'll say, hey, you know, I'm going to be in Buffalo. I'm giving a speech at this big association or at this company. I'm sure I can get you in. Worst case scenario is you'll spend an hour and you'll learn a ton. Best case, you might determine that I might be a good fit for your company in the future. And I get great response on that. So those were where they actually intersect a little bit as well. Sure. No, that's perfect. No, that, that, that's great cross-bred kind of a, a strategy using leveraging both. Yeah, that's awesome. So do me a favor and you know, frame it in the form of maybe like a case study or a customer success story where you've been able to come in to one of your clients and based upon what you've shared and taught and, you know, and gave to them, where they've been able to take and leverage that into some significant success. I mean, you've spoken to literally probably thousands of different audiences. Sure. Can you pick one or two of those that you think would be relevant to my audience? Yeah, I'll give one from a financial advisor, actually. It's a great case study. They attended one of my programs. And, and uh, now let me back up. Probably everybody listening today has had a financial advisor or someone from the financial services industry call on them. You know, maybe it's a buddy from college or maybe it's the, the son or daughter from a buddy from college. And you're just doing them a favor. You'll meet them at the coffee shop. And the first words out of that person's mouth are, you know, things like, hey, Dennis, I know you're a super busy person, so I don't want to waste your time. So I got a few questions to ask you. Say, how much money do you make? Right? They, they <laughs> launch into this questioning strategy. You're laughing because it's true. It's happened to you, hasn't it? It has. You know, and so they launch into this questioning strategy. And you know, in sales, asking challenging, relevant questions is super important. But as I like to say, you have to have permission to ask a question. And you really have to have a permission to, um, to go in deep. And so the story I'm going to share is one from a financial advisor. So this adv- financial advisor, very successful, by the way, has done things kind of that way their entire career, just kind of walked in and uh, talked about how awesome they were. And then, uh, you know, oh, by the way, can you tell me a little bit about you? Instead, they actually implemented some of my teachings before the meeting. The night before the meeting, it was two of them, actually. They went in and did research on this individual. And um, th- this individual was a, was a very wealthy uh, person who had recently come across even more money. I think it was through the sale of their company or stock options. Or, and this financial advisor had the opportunity to meet with that individual the next morning. Well, they did some homework on this person. They found out things like uh, where he went to school, his past work. But in that stuff, you and I both know how to find. But then they went deeper. What were his favorite charities? Uh, what was his golf score? Who did they know that, that he knows? And they really did a lot of homework. As this financial advisor tells the story, when they walked in the next morning, first off, they shared something in common about a charity that they both support. Then they even used the language. And here's how the language goes, Dennis, because you don't want to seem like a spy. So here's kind of the language that I teach. And it's kind of corny, so obviously modify it. But it goes something like this. You know, hey, Dennis, before I meet with people, I like to do a little bit of homework. You're a busy guy. I don't want to waste your time. And guess what I found? And then they talked about what they found. And what that did and what this financial advisor shared with me is it got this individual to open up and share stories about his life, his wife, his kids, his goals. And so the financial advisor basically just sat back and listened. Afterwards, this prospect said, you know, this was one of the most enjoyable meetings I've ever had with a financial advisor. He even said something like, you're such a great conversationalist. And as the advisor reported back to me, he said, I didn't even say anything. I just listened. Ultimately, 
the financial advisor within one day generated what's called AUM, assets under management. This individual transferred more than a million dollars in assets to this financial advisor with millions of more to come. And it was as simple as, as I like to say, this individual, this wealthy individual has probably met with many financial advisors in the past, but this was the first one who genuinely showed that he cared, genuinely and authentically showed that he cared. Yeah, that's amazing. And that that's such a, an amazing rapport building skill, you know, and using that sales intelligence, it'll, you're talking about things that are very relevant to them. And that's what makes all the difference, right? And because very few people do that, it automatically differentiates you right from the get-go, right? You know, you're not doing what the other guy did, which was, hey, how much money are you making? And hey, what's right. your what's your five-year goal? And when do you want to retire? And all the questions you get from a typical financial advisor. So it's a differentiation piece. And not only that, but it gets them talking about the things they're passionate about and the things that nobody else talks to them about except for their wife or their close friends. So that's awesome. Amazing. That's a great, great story. All of us have stories. All of us have great stories in our background. You might have been a college football player. You might have been an Olympic swimmer, but you're not going to tell anybody that when you first meet with them. But if they give you permission, if they say, you know, so for example, if we were meeting the first time, Dennis, I might say to you, hey, you know, before I meet with people, I do a bit of homework. You're busy. I don't want to waste your time. Hey, Dennis, you know, I just took a few minutes to look at your LinkedIn profile. And I was so impressed that you spent a lot of time doing fundraising and volunteer work for the food bank of Western New York. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Like, like what got you into that? And I bet you there's a really cool story there. And then, well, as you tell your story, I'm going to be carefully listening because I'm probably going to find something where we have something in common. And then we're connecting on a, on a genuine, and that's the key here. You can't, you can't use these techniques to manipulate people. But if you're really genuinely interested in other people, and frankly, that's what sales is all about. It's just being interested in another person and helping them achieve their goals. And by default, you'll achieve yours. You can connect on that meaningful level and really, I don't want to say become friends, but, but in a sense, you, you get out of the vendor salesperson or the buyer salesperson role and you do start to build an acquaintanceship that potentially could turn into a friendship. Absolutely. Yeah. No question. So let's dive in a little bit deeper because I remember that you, you had some very tactical ways of going about finding and leveraging sales intelligence. So if there's a salesperson or an entrepreneur in my audience, which I'm sure there are hundreds that will listen to this podcast, could you share maybe a few hacks or tips that they could put to work, you know, in the next 24 to 48 hours to help them get more clients? Absolutely. And uh, I will uh, also I'll, I'll kind of share what you can do manually, if you will. And, and then later we can talk about kind of a tool I've developed that maybe automates a little bit of it. But I think even just understanding the simple things that you should do every day prior to every sales call will be really helpful. I agree. First one yeah, is, perfect. You know, the first one's Google, right? So log into Google and type in the company name. Now, one of the little tricks that I recommend is make sure you use quotation marks. When you use quotation marks, let's say you're, you're searching on General Mills. That's a bad example because if I go into Google and type in General Mills, I'm going to pull up a, a bunch of stuff about the company General Mills. But really what you're telling Google is find me every result with the word general in it. So general could be in the first paragraph and every result in the world with the word mills in it. Now, mills could be in the 40th paragraph. When you put something in quotation marks, you're telling any search engine, not just Google, those words must be treated as a single entity. So just a little tip there that might be helpful, especially when you're calling on smaller companies. So I go in, I type in the name of the company, put it within quotes, 
And then what are we going to get? Well, the first thing that will normally show up will be the company's website. Now, of course, you're going to look at their website, learn a little bit about the company and what they do. I kind of call that Google preschool. The goal is we got to find something that's interesting and relevant to the person so it can be the first words out of your mouth because your first words out of your mouth in every sales call should be about the other person. How do you do it? On every Google search result, under the, the you know, when you click search, underneath the search field, there'll be some navigation buttons. One of them will be news. Click on that and you'll pull up news articles related to your search. In this example, what's going on at the company? Now, if I was calling on General Mills, huge company, there's going to be a lot of news articles. Many of them are going to feature things about their stock price. I don't want their stock price. So a little tip that I teach is use the minus sign. When you attach a minus sign to a word, Google will remove all of the results with that word in it. So for example, I might type in General Mills within quotes. I get a bunch of stuff, you know, click on the news button, get a bunch of stuff about their stock price. I'll go right back up and do minus stock, or I might do minus equity. I might do both. Trick is make sure that minus sign touches the word that you'd like to remove. So I get rid of all the results related to stocks and equities. There's still tens of thousands. What do I do? On the results, on a Google result, there's a little button called tools. Click on it. When you click on the tools button, a number of drop-down menus appear. One of them allows you to sort your results by date. So in this example, only show me results from the past year, the past month, the past week. How about the past day? So when I'm searching for a larger company, again, General Mills is an example. I'll type their name in Google within quotes, click on news. I'll get hundreds of thousands of relevant ones. Maybe I'll minus out a word. I'll click on the tools button, sort my results by date, find an article that happened yesterday. Maybe they won uh, best companies to work for. Maybe they uh, launched a new product. Maybe they announced a new partnership. Whatever it might be, make sure the first words out of my mouth are about the other person. Now, sometimes you're going to be calling on a smaller company and there's not going to be very many relevant news articles. I've actually developed a search engine called You Got the News, yougotthenews.com. It's completely free. You can just go there. And again, same thing. Now in mine, you don't have to type in quotation marks. I kind of build that in the background, but you can go to yougotthenews.com, type in the name of a company or even a person, you know, as long as their name's not Brian Smith or no offense, Dennis Brown, because there's millions of you. Um, <laughs> but if your name's Dennis- There's only one of me. There is only one of you. There are millions of other people with that name. Uh, <laughs> so I might have to add other words. You know, I might have to add speaker or LinkedIn or author or, you know, consultant. But try to find a piece of news that's relevant to the other person. If you can do those, remember those little techniques, quotation marks, minus sign, find a news article, use Google to find it or use you got the news to find it. Hey, that will take you a, a long way toward practicing sales intelligence. So you gathered some sales intelligence. Say we found something about maybe General Mills had just acquired XYZ company. Sure. And, you know, they were integrating in and hiring, bringing one of the, bringing their vice president was now going to, of marketing was going to be the new vice president of the General Mills, hypothetically, right? Just just some news about a press release of some sort. So now how would you take that info and use that to differentiate yourself during that warm call? Would you send an email? Would you just do a reach out by phone to, you know, to somebody that you had researched as an influencer decision maker? Can you take the next step for me? Yeah, that's, and that's a great example. So one of the things we are looking for is what is called a sales trigger. And as you know, Dennis, a sales trigger is why would a buyer or a prospect take my call today versus three months ago? They wouldn't have. An example of that might be, 
you know, if I'm if I call you right now and say, hey, Dennis, my name's Sam from Sam's Roofing. I'd love to come out and give you a free estimate. Well, you're going to hang up on me. But if you, uh, you know, just got a text message that you got an ice dam in Buffalo and water's leaking through your roof, five minutes later, I call, hey, I'm Sam from Sam's Roofing. Well, now I'm your new best friend. So the example you gave is a perfect one. A sales trigger in a business might be a partnership, a new merger or an acquisition, or oftentimes it's a new hire. Because especially at the executive level, that new hire is going to want to come in and, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll observe. And then, of course, they want to show how smart they are. And so they want to potentially look at new vendors, new opportunities. So that's the first thing I'm going to look for when I'm calling in a big company is what, what's a sales trigger? What's going on in their world that might actually make them interested in one of the solutions that I might be able to offer? And then when I reach out to call the person, I don't just say, hey, Dennis, my name is Sam. You've never heard of me before. Or, hey, I've got a product you should buy. I'll reference that sales trigger. It could be something like, hey, Dennis, you know, congratulations on the new job. You know, I'm certain that uh, once you've been in for a while, you're going to want to evaluate some of the relationships you currently have. I'd love the opportunity to come in and show you a new piece of technology or a new whatever that might help you achieve your goals. If it's a merger or an acquisition, maybe I'm a consultant uh, on um, integrating millennials into the workforce or I'm a consultant on new CRM systems because companies coming in, they're probably going to have completely different technologies that have to be merged. So what's going on in the other person's world that might actually want me to take their call? Now, here's the important part. When you're doing that warm call, so I've got this piece of information. Someone, a gentleman named Phil Sterling, who's a great friend of mine, taught me this phrase, commitment objective. And so one of the things that we need to remember is that when we're making that call, especially that first call, our commitment objective, so what is our goal of that call? is not to close the deal. Our goal of that email or our call is to get permission to do another call. I find the best way to do that is to educate. Share with the individual an article. So you're not selling, you're educating, you're building a relationship. I know that's a lot of what you talk about, Dennis, in your LinkedIn training. You don't just reach out, you know, connect with somebody and try to sell immediately. You have to gain that permission to sell. And you do that through providing relevant content to what the other person cares about, And then there are many techniques you can do. So I might email somebody a white paper or a research report. And then even in the email, I'll say, you know, hey, I'm going to call you on Thursday at one o'clock to discuss this. So there's lots of different techniques you can do, but I don't want to sell right away. I want to find out what's going on in their world, connect in a way that's relevant, and then do some education based on helping that individual. Perfect. Yeah. And, you know, Google, it, Google knows everything. Whenever anybody asks me a question, I say, listen, look it up on Google because they know sure. way more than I do. But I will tell you that LinkedIn is by far my favorite sales intelligence tool. Now I live in the B2B space, so that's probably yep. why, you know, that's my first love. But ultimately, you know, I can't stress enough to salespeople and entrepreneurs, you know, how sales intelligence brings relevance to your conversations. And so, you know, Sam, why don't you take a second and talk about sellingintel.com? Can you he, sure. he, Sam shared a, a new tool that he's launched recently that makes gathering sales intelligence way, 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 way easier. You know, he, he, in his book, take the cold out of cold calling, he gets very granular on how to do these Boolean searches and how to go to this website for this and how to go to this website for this and how to look at this database. But he's created a really amazing tool. that's just kind of still in beta and launching it's early launch. So I'm going to have him talk to you for a minute about that. And then we'll probably wrap up here pretty quick. You got it. And so 
you're right, Dennis. In my book and in my training, I teach all these mathematical equations on how to find stuff. And, you know, it's quotation marks, minus signs. And then I get really complex with things like site URL and site colons and all this. And, and I, I, I woke up one day and I was like, well, this is great. And people love it. And there are certain people that implement it. But the reality is salespeople were busy. We just want someone to do the work for us. And so I thought, could I build a search engine that does it? And that's what's selling Intel. So it's www.sellingintel.com. And it's really divided into six different components. The first one is the news tab. And you just click on there, you type in a company name, and it'll pull up recent news. It'll pull up press releases, their social media posts, blog posts. And you can even click on the general results tab, which is basically Google results. And I've used some algorithms to remove all the junk. So the only stuff you get in there is actually good stuff. And again, I actually use this tab multiple times per day when I'm on the call with somebody. It takes me three seconds. I, I teach in my program, the three by five, spend three minutes trying to find five pieces of information. Well, this is the three by five, spend three seconds trying to find five pieces of information. And the next tab is company info, which is you know kind of what you describe it. You go in, you can find out how many employees, the amount of revenue, court cases they're involved in, employee reviews, anything that, that might give you some information about the company. Sales triggers is what we just talked about. Type in a company name. And it'll find out if, if anybody from there is hiring or if they're retired, mergers and acquisitions, partnerships. And you can do other things too. You can say, you know, find me all. You can go in there, type in the city name, type in Buffalo, New York, healthcare. Click on the search button, click on the mergers and acquisitions tab. It'll tell you all of the sales triggers, mergers and acquisitions that are going on related to the healthcare industry in Buffalo. People search is really powerful. So I can go in there, I can type in the name of a company and a job title. It's really leveraging the LinkedIn backend that they provide to Google, but it's a much more friendly, frankly, easier search than you'd ever do in Google. So it's a great prospecting tool. You can say, find me all people with this job title in Buffalo interested in hockey, as an example. And then prospecting is a really cool tab. Basically, I've automated a bunch of Google searches. So you can type in the name of an industry or a company and find things like member directories, attendee lists, conferences price lists, employee directories, all sorts of cool things. And then the documents tab, very similar, but where you can go in and find already existing proposals. You can find our already existing presentations, industry trend work. I use the documents tab a lot for some of that education. I'll go and find a, a research report or a white paper. And it t- takes me literally one second. I'll type in uh, an industry a term. I'll type in manufacturing, click the trends button. And it'll give me all these white papers, research reports related to trends in the manufacturing industry. I copy the link or I download the PDF, send that to the prospect. Hey, Dennis, stumbled across this online and immediately was thinking of you. So real quickly, that's how it's kind of divided. And there's lots of really cool, fun things you can do. I'm going to be creating some videos that actually will will kind of explain all that stuff as well. Perfect. Yeah, I'm excited for that. And so we're going to wrap up here in a second. So I'm going to do a little rapid fire. The next couple of questions, try to answer in, you know, you one minute or less, knowing what you know now, right. And having been an entrepreneur for many years now, what would you do differently to grow f- faster and to get further faster as an entrepreneur? Yep. I would do a better job asking for referrals and meaning that, and, uh, real quickly, it's using LinkedIn or other f- tools to find out, well, not, don't just blindly ask for referrals. Hey, Dennis, do you know somebody you can use me? I'm going to do some research on you, Dennis. Find out who you already know, and I'm going to ask for referrals by name. Hey, Dennis, I see that you know Julie Jones at, at Widget Corporation. Do you think she'd be a good prospect of mine? 
Well, you do. Could you do an introduction? People are more than willing to help if you ask. So that's probably the big thing. Find out who my clients know and don't be shy to ask for help. Love that strategy. Have used that to get dozens and dozens of clients. So that that absolutely works, Sam. So other than your own book, of course, or other than your your sales and sell, sellingintel.com tool, mm-hmm. what's your other favorite growth tool or software that you use in your business? That's a great question. Obviously, LinkedIn is one that I, that I use a lot. I've developed a, a Facebook search tool, which is pretty crazy. It's called You Got Social, Y-O-U-G-O-T social.com. But the ones that, you know, the stuff that I really um, enjoy is really just doing different things on Google. You know, some of the some of the e-marketing tools, obviously, uh, things like uh, CRM systems. I'm looking at lots of different ones right now, actually. Uh, email marketing tools. I love Hootsuite. So Hootsuite is, a, is an app that allows me to post and schedule all of my social media posts. So I get to do it while I'm on the plane. So people think, oh, my goodness, Sam, you're posting all the time. Not really. It's when my plane is delayed and I'm sitting in an airport lounge, I schedule 50 of them for the next two months. So that, that's a huge time saver for efficiency. So there's just so many great things out there. Give me one of your favorites, Dennis. I'd love to learn from you as well. Well, LinkedIn is definitely of course, the tool yep. that's like where I live. But, uh, you know, some new tools, some things that I've been using recently. What are some things? Actually, this is a really cool app that saves me, well, and two of them. Calendly.com. Yes, I love Calendly. Yep. Oh my gosh. That probably saves me three hours a week of scheduling, reminding, you know, rescheduling appointments. Absolutely. Uh, and then another really cool one is a, is an app called Text Expander. Oh, interesting. Yeah. If you have where you need to respond to emails, it allows you to, or emails or social media messages, it allows you to create a whole series of templates. And not only does it work on PC, but it works mm-hmm. on Mac and it works on mobile. So like your iPhone cool. or Android phone, really, really cool. It's also been a huge time saver for me. So that's been awesome. Well, listen, one last thing. If you had to recommend one book to my audience, and of course, beyond take the cold out of cold calling, because that's obviously a no brainer, what would it be? Well, and I should say that that book's a little out of date, so I'll be writing a new one hopefully this summer, but don't go by Take the Cold Out of Cold Calling because probably half the stuff in there doesn't even work anymore. So, But thank you for the plug. You know, I, I, there's it's the all-time favorite, and it was written in the 1920s, and it's How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie because I believe that the more we use technology today, and there's so much stuff we can do, and there's so many cool apps, especially in the B2B world, I'm so overwhelmed with stuff. I just want a relationship. I just want someone who can tell me the right thing to do. You know, like you right now, I could have gone on to Google and researched calendar apps and I would have spent two hours or I could call my buddy Dennis and say, Dennis, what do you use? Oh, you use Calendly. Thank you so much. You just saved me two hours worth of work. I'll go buy Calendly. So how to win friends and influence people? Because to me, that's kind of the the basis for sales. And, and I don't think uh, however much we're going to automation and robots, that's never going to change. Awesome. Well, listen, that's going to wrap it up for today, Sam. How about you share one piece of parting guidance and then let everybody know how they can connect with you? Well, I think honestly, the best piece of guidance I can give is for folks to continue to listen to podcasts and shows such as yours. There's so much amazing education out there. You don't have to Google it and do it yourself. Find folks like Dennis who will do the work for you. They'll tell you, just like that example of Calendly, rely on the experts. And that's what I try to do. And that's that's the, a lot of the value I get through reading your posts on LinkedIn and things like that and your tweets. Uh, you tell me what to do, which is awesome. If you want to learn more about me, real simple, 
www.samrichter, R-I-C-H-T-E-R, samrichter.com. Or as I like to say, just type Sam Richter into Google, quotes or no quotes. If I don't show up in the top 10 for search results, uh, then I'm not worth anything. I don't know what I'm talking about. So you can just always go to Google and type in my name as well. Perfect. Well, listen, I'm so happy we were able to connect. I appreciate the fact that you took the time to come on my podcast and I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Well, it's an honor, Dennis, and and I I love your stuff and keep it up. You're doing great work. Thanks, Sam. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.